Hello, folks. Welcome to Druid Talks. And today I have Dave Hudson, the VP of Operations at Liberty Global. Liberty Global is a world leader in converged broadband video and mobile communications. Uh, Dave, you and I know each other for quite some time now, but set the scene here. Tell us a few words about yourself, sir. Yeah, Kieran, thanks so much for the introduction and uh, look, absolute pleasure to be here. Uh, I'm thrilled that we finally found the time to um, to, to do the podcast, right? So yeah, really, really pleased to be here. Um, a little bit of context um, and you've teed it up nicely. So I, uh, I look after the operations in a shared service center that serves uh, companies in the Liberty Global Group. And what that means is uh, we're serving 12, 15 uh, operating businesses, you know, household names that you'd know the virgin media twos in the uk you know if you're if you're familiar with the swiss business uh, sunrise over there and these are real kind of you know household brands um and, and the shared service role is is the engine room it is the common back office so we talk about operations we mean finance transactional finance accounting we mean legal we need litigation, contract management. We're talking about HR, so people, payroll, and also construction support. So that relationship that you have with uh, planning and, and construction teams. Um, and uh, just to kind of give you a few words on how the relationship with Druid has, has developed in this, in this uh, support center. Um, we've been working with the Druid team now for the last two, three years. Um, really looking at use cases for conversational AI and how we try and make those interactions with our customers uh, a lot more fluid, um, you know, a, a lot more regular. And we try to meet our customer where they're already at. So, you know, this is kind of replacing traditional telephony and kind of two-way messaging for us. Well, uh, it might have been easier there, Dave, we said what you and Liberty Global don't do, because <laughs> that's a heck of a list. And a lot of you're not telling people as well, a lawyer who understands tech as well. So this is a bit of a unicorn, folks. We got what is today. So we're going to learn a lot. So, Dave, I'm going to dive straight into the first question. Just a, a little bit more context. What, what were the problems that you were trying to solve as you looked for a conversational AI platform like Druids? Sure. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a great question. Um, fundamentally, the... Uh, understanding communication um, both into uh, and out from our support center uh, the kind of the, the back office that we described in uh, you know in the, in the previous segment and there are lots of reasons why people need to communicate with the back office it's an extension of the the customer and that's how we see ourselves and that's how um, you know we, we need to show up in order to deliver for that customer um, and, and the way that we have done that traditionally has been less effective. And so that really created this kind of need for something new. Um, traditionally, I'm sure it won't surprise um, many of your listeners to, to know that the traditional back office, you engage with them either by telephone, um, you know, and unfortunately you dial a number and you wait in line. And it's a case of how many hands can you have kind of, you know, manning, manning the phones. 
um, or are you communicating over traditional you know email uh, and then it's a ticketing system in the background and, and I kind of refer to this as you know the, the the deli counter where you go to buy your meat and cheese and you know you take your ticket and you wait until your number's called and that was very much the experience that we were providing to our customers a couple of years ago and you know and that just doesn't meet with the expectations I think that we have as consumers of information um, you know if you're interacting with um, you know an online marketplace if you're interacting with you know your, your, your financial institution your banks you know, you're able to access those mediums uh, 24 hours a day they're there when you need them and if we're going to be a really effective partner for our customers We've got to offer that. We've got to be there when they need us. Uh, no wait times, immediate responses, you know, friendly, professional interface. And, th and that's the real use case for conversational AI for us. Yeah, I think that's the day and age we're in now, isn't it? That customers actually expect digital service when they want it, as they need it. You alluded a moment ago, Dave, that you, you had that semi deli counter experience beforehand. But what, what were you doing to solve challenges before conversational AI? And where was it leading to those frustrations that you started to look for that technology to solve you know, the problems that you're just describing? Sure, sure. So the, the challenge um, that we had, and I think this is across, to be clear, transactional finance, across uh, HR, payroll, you know, where you have the relationship with your customers that they, they need information from you. Some of that information is accessible through self-service, um, but perhaps the kind of route to access that information might be cumbersome. Uh, it might be that you, uh, you don't interact with um, you know, that particular uh, query type often and so you're looking for just somebody who can offer you expert support guidance in the moment um, guidance and you know that kind of traditional medium of that ticketing system you know kind of deli counter example that we talked about um, you know you're, you're left holding an awful lot of data as to why qualitative data as to why people are interacting with you but you end up solving um, uh, the um, the, re the you know the query that's presented to you rather than the underlying issue, um, and so what I'm really getting at there is you know you can allocate a lot of human resource, intelligent human resource, to dealing with a surfacing of information for your customer. Um, let me give you a very articulate example there. Uh, if you're looking at transactional finance, it's quite common for a customer to come in and say, hey, I'd like some information on the status of an invoice. I'd like to know when it will be paid. I'd like to know, um, I'd like to update some information on the supplier that I'm working with. How, how do I do that? And so you know, it's kind of regular, repetitive, well, here's how you do it. You end up putting a lot of resource on just solving that index problem. And it's quite easy to think at the end, well, I've done a great job because you know, I answered 50 queries today or 100 queries today. But actually, what you haven't done is provided that next level of customer support where you're really getting to the, well, why did that happen? Why did you need to come to me to ask me to service that information for you? You know, and actually, the underlying cause there might be, you know, the supplier I'm working with hasn't been paid on time. Or, you know, I'd sent a request for some information and I've not seen it updated. Or, you know, and actually, you know, using our human resource to solve the underlying issue with where I'd like to spend the time. 
Um, and that's the thing that really wasn't being addressed before the, the conversation layout inter, uh, integrations. So what did you do or what convinced you to pick Druid's conversational AI platform over another platform? What were the, the features or the benefits or the, the functionality yeah. that you really needed? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And, and ultimately, we were looking for a partner. The word partnership is so important to me when it comes to selecting technology vendors to work with. Um, our business is going through uh, a journey, a transition. Um, you know, we're, we're digitizing the services that we used to offer in an analog way. You know, we're looking at the value creation of having you know, humans undertake administrative tasks in moving our humans to knowledge-based tasks. We're trying to get closer to our customers. We're trying to move up the value chain from simple transactional processing to intelligent processing. So um, producing monthly accounts, um, you know, completing journals, undertaking balance sheet reconciliations, undertaking you know, litigation. Uh, and, and the way that we, we do that and still preserve value for the customer um, is to enter into a very strong partnership with uh, a vendor that really understands how their technology works in a real corporate setting. Um, and so, so one of the catalysts for us was a you know, great partnership with Druid. And, and that, is, that is the people, that is the passion and the excitement. You know, you've really got to enjoy the work you do and be passionate about the products that you have. And, and more importantly than that, be passionate about solving problems and we really recognize that right from the outset of the Druid that they were here to try and solve some of our corporate problems. Um, you know, and in the process, we'd form a very close relationship and it'd be a commercial relationship that would work for both sides. In terms of the kind of features, um, multi-language is really important. You know, when you can teed up this conversation, we're serving customers in uh, the Netherlands, in, in Belgium, in, in Switzerland. Um, and, you know, there are eight, nine languages um, spoken in those territories. And whilst, you know, as a, as a group of companies, um, you know, the common language there is English, it makes sense to meet our customers where they are. And so where you have people raising HR queries, for example, and they want to know about leave balances, and they want to know about uh, family leave policies, those questions are coming in in Swiss German, they're coming in in French, they're coming in in, you know, um, in Dutch. And so Druid's ability to be able to integrate you know, complex language modules and really you know, solve that language barrier, the ability to be able to offer things like, and I think it's a really neat feature, a two-way messaging service where I can put UK-based uh, agents uh, using the workbench of the Druid tool, waiting to receive queries that come in in Swiss German that are automatically converted. So, you know, my UK user can convert in English and uh, my customer's employee can convert in, uh, in, in a natural language to them. And that's that's a really slick feature. We really like that. Um, and, and I also think, you know, and I know we'll get onto it later, but we're talking about kind of rapid advancement of technology at the moment. You and I, Kieran, talk about this a lot, you know, that the market's moving quickly. Um, and I think it's important that the partners that we we work with recognize that and are agile, flexible enough to, you know, see the changes that are happening to the market and look at how they respond to them. The, the, the deployment of new features, 
the iteration of their kind of product roadmap um, has has constantly kept us feeling like we're at the front of um, of the queue, and the top of top of our game when it comes to to, to conversational AI. Yeah, I really adore that. I, I Dave, you and I have talked about this in the past, but I see too many vendors actually reacting to the market as opposed to actually anticipating what's coming and spending time with companies. And I have to say, I enjoy the multilingual part. Although a, a funny story, I was in Barcelona once or Milan. And I was using Google Translate, and somehow I told the taxi driver I loved him. I did technically, but not emotionally. So uh, I'm glad to hear that is now all working many decades later. And I love as well the way you mentioned you focused on the customers and you focused on your employees. There was no hint there whatsoever of taking people out of the business. It's very much about augmenting them, allowing them to do great things. But Dave, uh, the results of the pudding is in the tasting. What, what sort of results have you got? from implementing the platform so far it's a great question and when i um and i do listen to to the show here and when i you know listen to um, season one um some of the talks that really stood out for me were those where the audience could get some real kind of actionable insights um and so i thought it was really important to bring some statistics and you know stop me if you've heard too much but the deployments um the deployments that we've um We've, we've, we've set out so far been achieving about 65% um, query resolution ratio. And so, so what that means is um, you know, six and a half out of 10 queries that are coming through are being answered automatically by the virtual assistant without the need for a human user intervention. Um, and, and you know why that's really exciting for me is you know, we do a lot of analysis and I'm sure a lot of your listeners do as well on the reasons that people interact with us. And, and absolutely, somewhere between 50 and 70% of the uh, queries that come into our teams today, um, the answers are pretty straightforward. And, and I don't want you know, our you know, committed, um, experienced and, and, and loyal workforce picking up um, uh, you know, the same query 10, 15, 20 times in a day. You know, it's uh, it's administrative. It's you know, frankly, quite soul destroying. Being sat there, kind of you know, repeat, rinse and repeat. Um, you know, a valuable public service, but you know, the automations can take care of this. So let's let them lift the weight of that sixty five percent, and let's us focus on driving the resolution of the underlying cause of those queries, which is where we've been able to deploy our resource. So our people now upskill. Um, you know, they understand what's driving. Um, uh, you know. The, Queries that come into the teams, and instead they focus on partnering with our customers to resolve those queries at source. Um, now, in terms of uh, the development of the tool, I'm really excited because I can see a glide path taking us from 65% to 85%. Some new features with the, the Druid product that I know the team have been working on that that I really like. And this is about, let me give you just one specific example here about something that's getting me really excited, if that's okay. Um, uh, you know, the conversational AI itself, you know, it, it, we're not just talking about, um, uh, you know, the ability to be able to engage with a virtual assistant that can surface fixed information. We're also talking about the ability to be able to configure the virtual assistant to go and take a next action based on something that the users, you know, inquired about. And so, you know, I like the example back to accounts payable. I like the example of, um, you know, Hey, what you know? Has it? Tell me the status of this invoice. Okay, it's it's currently unpaid. You know, well, why is it unpaid? Well, because um, the purchase 
but uh, to which the invoice relates is uh, hasn't been receipted. So, so you know, your business user hasn't said, I've received the goods or services that I was expecting to pay for. And so effectively, the invoices come out of sequence for a traditional kind of three-way match. And so, you know, that's useful information. And today, you know, our um, AP clerk, if you like, can receive that information and say, no problem, I will take the action to follow that up with the, uh, the, the purchase order owner and I will say, hey, have you received these goods and services because I've got an invoice here? But actually, you know, the Druid product is now developing and it's taking us on a journey where we can say, the virtual system goes, hey, it's on hold. Would you like me to go and speak to the purchase requester to see if they have received the goods and services? Yes, please. And so then the push notification there, you know, on the same medium that we use to surface the virtual assistant, which for us is Microsoft Teams, um, the push notification to say, hey, if you've received the goods or services, would you like to receive them? There's an invoice waiting. Well, yeah, I would, please. Okay, I can do that for you. You know, and actually, and it becomes, a, you know, it's a bit of a evolution. Where does it stop? But this is how I like to see, you know, the, this is why I described the relationship as a partnership earlier, Kieran. You know, this is about um, the Druid team really understanding our use case and how we're embedding this technology and saying, rather than it just being a two-way, you know, you tell me what you want and I'll give you an answer, let me do next best action. And through doing that, you can actually get really creative with your use cases. Oh, wow. I love that in so many different layers there, particularly the one that you know, none of us come to work to do mundane, boring stuff, you know, and it's amazing how many people today still have to do that. And then we wonder why they disappear, aren't engaged, don't give the wonderful customer service that we've got. Well, Dave, what, what lessons have you learned that you're happy to share with the audience here as you've installed and implemented and built and used and obviously got massive success from conversational AI? Yeah, Um I've learned many lessons and I'm, I'm very happy to share them. Um, I think but the first and, and probably the most pronounced lesson is um, don't wait um, to deploy until it's perfect. And I know you hear this a lot. You know, you're like me, Kieran. We read a ton of um, literature on, you know, um, uh, evolving tech and emerging tech and startups. And, you know, it is a common lesson. So I realize this isn't new news, but... Um, the importance of versioning, the importance of, you know, getting a product out there in front of your customer that is pretty good. Um, you know, the, the bits that I would get right before I was ready to launch, the user interface, the user experience, so that when my customer connects, what they're seeing, what they're interacting with looks professional, you know, feels, meets the expectation, if you like, of this virtual assistant. But actually, you know, configuring too many pathways for you know automated queries and responses you know um you know i've learned just to get out get version one out there and then you know update every whatever it is you know every six weeks perhaps for the first six months and then move to quarterly releases and the product gets better and better and what that builds is a real relationship between um the customer using the product uh, let's talk about you know the operational teams as well that are also users of this product um, at the other side of the interface, and they are much more engaged then in iterating the product. You know this is what it needs to look like. This is the next feature that's important because um, so that's been super super relevant and a great lesson. Um, you know focus on um, the, the platform that you're using to surface the virtual assistant, um, and, and so for us when we started. We deployed our virtual assistant in the same place that we had our ticketing tool and access to our telephone numbers. And so for us, this was a business SharePoint. Hmm. Uh, it made sense. 
you know, all of the frequently asked questions are there, all of the, you know, you, you know, you use your sign of your ticket, you're used to using this to kind of, you know, access your tickets, that's fine. But actually, that was still too many clicks away from the user. And actually bringing that, you know, virtual assistant really close to the end user was very, very important. And so with the businesses that we serve, they prefer um, Microsoft Teams as a common medium for engaging with one another. So they talk to their colleagues over Teams. Teams calls, Teams messages, popping up all the time. And so we surfaced the virtual assistant there. We locked it in as a, you know, as a, as an employee. We gave it a snazzy name. It's important as well for engagement. Um, uh, but actually, it's reduced the friction between how do I, I've got a query, how do I access the right forum for that query? Now it's just like just connect with the virtual assistant. So that was super relevant, um, and you know, great lesson for us. Um, I think um, I think the third and you know, you know, equally as important is you know that level of engagement. And I talk a lot, and and uh, and Danny, who is who leads our transformation function and works with me, talks a lot about this uh, power of engagement, engaging both our teams that will you know will use the products and our operational teams and our customers that will interact with the product. Super important. I'm I'm told that you know seven out of ten transformation large scale change programs fail because they haven't secured sufficient engagement at all levels. And, you know, tended to be in the early days, we were talking to the decision makers. It feels natural, right? So the CFO, the CPO, and their leadership teams about the value of deploying virtual assistants. We've got the buy-in at that top level. But actually, the users of the platform, super relevant to bring them along on that journey, both from a user feedback perspective, and that goes back to that versioning that we are talking about a moment ago, but also the success of that project. So think about the operational teams that sit behind our conversational AI and pick up the what I probably class as tier two or more complex or more bespoke um, uh, queries. If the workbench that they're using to do that work isn't uh, efficient, isn't effective, doesn't look the way that they'd expect it to in order for for them to be able to navigate through, they'll find workarounds. And they don't always tell you because you know, you're busy 100 miles an hour deploying product. They don't always say to you, hey, I'm, I'm not using the platform as you thought I'd use it. I found another way of using it. And so you know, we can drive kind of waste into the process that we hadn't anticipated by just not having that open channel of communication. So I think that engagement layer is, is critically important. Yeah, people forget the change management, but I, I would say in my own head, Dave, I'm picking a word out there out of all of that, that's friction. And you remove yeah. the friction from the user, you remove the friction from the gap between the actual team and the user and the outcomes. You've removed friction from the leadership and the comms and the change management. Really brilliant lessons for everyone. Mm -hmm.